All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Hootball family, Hootball nation, Hootball army, all my Hoobers out there, welcome back to another edition of your NBA box score breakdown. As always, it's your lead host, David Bracey, back in the booth, and we kept it at a nice, warm temperature for you. We're going to heat it up a little bit more tonight. As always, I'm joined by two of my esteemed league colleagues, a voice I'm sure you're getting to know, very familiar with. Mr. Brad Harden, host of the Atlanta Hawks podcast we have here as a part of this glorious football network. Brad, how you doing this evening, my man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just excited to be back here on the Box World Breakdown with my two wonderful esteemed colleagues tonight to talk about something that's going to be very fun. Um, not near and dear, but um, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. I just can't wait for it. Oh yeah, like I said, you know, we kept the booth pretty hot. And we're going to heat it up a little bit more this evening. Uh, and we got a couple great guys in here who are definitely going to spit some hot fire. So definitely make sure you strap in, buckle up, because um, it's going to be a bumpy ride. My other esteemed colleague in the booth, back again, not currently hosting his own podcast, but you better believe he's got some stuff cooking. So you're definitely going to want to get the recipe. Mr. Marcus, how are you, my man? Hey, I'm doing well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just glad to be back here on another football episode with, you know, two great guys that I know and two well-esteemed colleagues, David and Brad. Ready to get in, man. Just dig in. And the NBA season's creeping up. I'm just ready for it. All the on and off court shenanigans. I'm here for all of it. So let's get it. 100%. That's what we're here for, and that's what the people want, so we're definitely going to give them what they need. So we're going to dive right into it, and there have been definitely some big shenanigans this week, and at the end of last week, uh, most notably, of course, we had the swap. Russell Westbrook sent out east to the Washington Wizards, and John Wall heading out west alongside a first-round draft pick to the Houston Rockets. Now, obviously, this was a trade that was kind of murmured and whispered about as we approached this uh, this training camp, this 
NBA offseason heading into the 22nd, which will be our start date to kick off this new 2021 NBA season. Uh, we heard a lot of rumors. Obviously, you know, there were some tumultuous situations going on in Houston. Uh, weren't really sure what pieces they were going to be bringing into the roster in the offseason. We weren't really sure what pieces were going to be heading out. Obviously, there's big question marks surrounding the two big names on that roster, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And now one of those names is out the door. Russell Westbrook joining up with Bradley Beal out east. I'm going to be rocking the number four in Washington, even though Agent Zero Gilbert Arenas himself gave him the blessing to go ahead and rock that zero uh, on the Washington Wizards if he wants. But it looks like Russ West, what, blah, can't even talk. Russell Westbrook's going to be rocking number four, um, and him and Brad Beal are going to be looking to do some damage out east. So definitely something to keep your eye on. Obviously, we've had a lot of conversations this offseason about how the bottom of the east has really started to realign itself into the competitive favor. Um, of the league and really trying to make a name for themselves. Obviously some of those teams just kind of rattling them off Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta, et cetera, have really tried to take a step forward this off season and put themselves to solidify themselves into the playoff picture. Now in regards to the Houston Rockets, uh, their situation is a little bit more uncertain. Got a brand new head coach, Steven Silas, um, not new as far as first time in the league, but new, under the head coach position, uh, got a brand new GM, Raphael Stone. Obviously, Daryl Morey was planning to take a gap year, and it looked like that gap year turned into a gap week because now he is heading the Philadelphia 76ers front office. Uh, read into that what you will. Um, and James Harden still has not shown up for training camp, uh, but John Wall did. John Wall did. He looks good. Uh, the videos that we have seen of him in the offseason scrimmaging and in training camp currently uh, definitely looks in shape. Looks athletic, looks agile, and from everything we've hearing out of John Wall's camp, he is ready to go. So I'm going to start off with you, Marcus. Obviously, this was pretty much just a straight straight swap contract-wise. I mean, the numbers are pretty much identical. You could say Houston is the winner in this trade since they received the first-round draft pick, but I mean, it kind of remains to be seen who really is going to be the winner when we see what these rosters look like on opening night. So with that being said, who who is your winner in this trade and which guy do you think is going to be in a better situation for themselves personally, if not for the team as a whole? Well, first off, I want to say um, it's so funny because both John Wall and Russell Westbrook were both in uniquely similar situations where, you know, you look at what happened in Houston out of nowhere. James Harden, had ex- he had expressed that, he wanted to be traded. There were some rumblings that he wasn't happy in Houston and wanted, and he wanted to go. Once Russ heard about that, he said, well, I want to go. I want to trade. I demand a trade. And then that just completely blew up. And then, you know, in the midst of that, you have Dan Tony leaving, Daryl Morey leaving. So, I mean, it was just a complete dumpster fire out in Houston, right? So once that had really kind of been known, you know, there weren't too many suitors for Russell Westbrook. And we knew that, you know, really outside of the Knicks, the Hornets and the Wizards, there wasn't really anyone else who wanted to take on a 32 year old making 40 million dollars a year. Right. And not many teams needed that kind of point guard, you know, um, like Russell Westbrook. So with all of that in mind, you know, you see the Hornets drafted LaMelo Ball that kind of closed the door on that. Things just kind of fizzled out with the Knicks. And then you have Washington, who, you know, you thought something could have went down, but you just didn't really expect it. And then you switch over, and then you see there's a 30-year-old coming off 
to Achilles tears, right? Two ACL tears. And, you know, John Wall, who hasn't played in two years, is also making $40 million a year. You had the whole situation go down with, you know, him being caught on camera throwing gang signs. And, you know, that rubbed a lot of people in the organization the wrong way. And then on top of all of that, we all heard how John Wall had caught wind of them kind of shopping him around and he didn't like that. So I felt like for each team's, you know, being disgruntled, you know, um, excuse me, with each player being disgruntled with their teams, I think this was, it was just a perfect swap. Russ just kind of gets a new scenery. You know, he's not on the, on a team that has, you know, a lot of uncertainty. He's on the Eastern conference. He's playing with a, you know, superstar shooting guard and Bradley Beal. I think it's just a good, fresh start for him, you know, and they said he's been, you know, pulling up to the practice facility with so much energy, just ready to go. He gets his old coach Scott Brooks back. You know, you got to love that and you got to love it for Washington. Meanwhile, John Wall, you know, with everything that just kind of went bad in the organization, I feel like it's good for him, too. I mean, Houston is somewhere where. You know, he can just come back, be himself. And then, you know, he also has James Harden to play by. So, you know, I got to say, I give Washington and Russell, I give them the nod for getting the best value of the trade because I feel like Russell and Bradley Beal can play well together. And, you know, if that team can push up to a, you know, maybe a six or seven seed in playoffs, that is successful. If you, Look at, you know, years past where they struggled and they weren't able to get to the postseason. And then, you know, you still can get a few exciting years out of uh, Russell Westbrook and he can be very valuable on that team. Meanwhile, I just feel like the most valuable thing that the Houston Rockets got was that heavily protected uh, 2023 draft pick. I mean, John Wall, he's a great player. He's exciting. And I feel like he can be a great contributor on the Houston Rockets. But I mean, let's be honest. I feel like his best years are behind him. You know, he's 32 coming off two ACL tears, you know, which is, I mean, ah, just not easy to do. So I think Houston more salvaged the deal where while it was a swap, excuse me, while it was a swap, the Washington Wizards, the Washington Wizards got a lot more of a dynamic point guard and elite guy who still has some good years left in them than they would have got with John Wall coming back. So that's my take on that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I, I definitely agree with your point. Uh, like you said, I mean, having that pick, I think, is a little bit of insurance. Both of these guys have an injury history. Uh, you could kind of lean either direction to kind of say who's been more injured and whose injury has been worse. Um, both of these guys are very, very physical. They they rely on their athleticism. That's really a big part of how they play the game. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of a loaded situation, whichever way you want to go. Brad, what, what kind of insights do you have in this situation? Who, who, who do you think is the winner between these two, if there were one? Um, and which player do you think is better suited for their current roster and current circumstances as they are? Well, I know that as much as both sides had this conversation uh, for a, a seemingly about a month and a half, it went cold. It had to heat up again, went cold back again. It seemed like both parties had to talk themselves into this trade, especially once the agents got involved, because, I mean, both wanted out of their respective franchise for different reasons. And uh, rightfully so. I know Russ was very uneasy about all the turnover in the front office and with the head coach coaching position in Houston and 
the uncertainty about the offense going forward, especially with Harden making it known that he wants to leave. And Russ gets to reunite with Scott Brooks, as uh, Marcus said, and that was the only time Russell Westbrook in his uh, illustrious career to this point has ever made the NBA Finals, and that was with the Thunder under Scott Brooks at that time. And <laughs> Marcus talked to this as well. John Wall was shocked that the Wizards had the audacity to tell they were building around Bill, which I don't know how you wouldn't have known that, especially when the case has been like you haven't really been on the court for two seasons and Bill has. So you're going to build with what is available around you. And Bill has proven that he is close to an all NBA all star talent. He is an all star all NBA player in my book. He got shafted last year. And Wall won it out. And so I thought it was a good move for the player side of things. And as far as teams, I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards. And I say that in regards to I know that people leaked out the fact that apparently the reason why Russ wanted to be out of Houston was he didn't like playing with James Harden. He wanted to go back and be the man on the team. And for him to say that he really wants to go to Washington when Brad Bill is clearly the man on the team and they let that be known to John Wall. I don't think that's the case uh, for Russ, uh, especially going to Washington, where, I mean, he just he's leaving Houston, where he another all NBA NBA all star at times. And it certainly worked at times last year in Houston, although they were bounced in the playoffs sooner than they wanted. But I think with the pieces they have in Washington, the f- familiarity between Russell Westbrook and Scott Brooks, who they apparently reportedly still have a really good relationship and have kept in touch all this all these years. I think Russ and Washington will make for a better fit, especially because when you look at the other side of it, when you look at Houston, there's a cluster of new faces but with a new head coach, um, a new GM who was promoted within. And then you bring in Christian Wood, who I think will be a really good fit for them. You bring in Boogie coming off injury and James Harden potentially wants to leave. And, you know, rather, you know, instead of going to work out and trying to make things work out with this team, he's still making it known that he wants to be shipped out. And he'd rather be in Vegas partying with a little baby, buying Prada bags because he's proud of him. And so... Even though Wall looks good and, you know, the continuity between him and Boogie playing in their U.K. days in Kentucky and the Bluegrass State, who I know that you're a fan of and I could care less. There's just a lot of uncertainty in Houston, which I think makes it murkier. So I'm going to say even though they got the second round pick for insurance, as Marcus alluded to and you alluded to as well, I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards on this. Yeah, you know, to your point, Brad, I think that if you look at both rosters, you know, just looking at, we can just, I mean, simplify it to the starting five, projected starting five. If you look at both rosters, you know, obviously the Houston Rockets maybe have some names that jump off the page a little bit more to you with the James Hardens, your John Walls, Boogie Cousins, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it's not 2014. It's not 2015. It is 2020 heading into 2021. DeMarcus Cousins, uh, we haven't really seen DeMarcus Cousins in years we haven't really seen john wall in years um obviously we know all of the turmoil that was going on in houston's locker room and on their roster they had a lot of turnover in their front office and otherwise so definitely i mean the 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 houston rockets are really they are teetering on the brink of do we make the playoffs or are we watching from the outside looking in because as the west continues to advance and become more competitive, it appears that Houston is just going to continue to slide, especially if they do lose another superstar and hit James Harden. Um, and you, you kind of got to like Washington. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Brad Beal, 
You know, you got Bertans, you got Thomas Bryant, Rui Achimura. Um, this is a team that could definitely be competitive. Um, I'm not going to say that they're going to come out and, you know, be a, a top four, top five seed in the East. I, w- I would never make that kind of prediction. Um, and I'm also not going to guarantee that they make the playoffs because as we know, there's going to be a play in, in both conferences and that could really go any kind of way. Um, but, but this is definitely going to be a team that comes out and competes nightly. Brad Beal and Russell Westbrook are going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think that that dynamic duo, um, fits pretty well together naturally. Uh, and you know, Russell Westbrook is best suited when he has shooting and spacing around him. Um, and with Bertans, with Thomas Bryant, you can run pick and roll with both of those guys and be at least confident in their ability to shoot the basketball. Bertans a little bit more, obviously from the three point line, but Thomas Bryant has a pretty solid three point shot in mid range game as well. At least one that you have to respect. Uh, Rui Hachimura is going to continue to develop as a young prospect in the NBA. And obviously we know Brad Beal gets buckets. And uh, like you said, you know, that was a big snub him not getting that nod. Um, you know, oddly enough, Russell Westbrook kind of edged him out. Now they're teammates. Uh, I don't necessarily expect that to go the same this season. If Brad Beal comes out and plays the way that he did again. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't necessarily have to now because he has another guy to kind of lessen that offensive burden that he had to carry for the Washington wizards who were just, just a completely hapless franchise and, and the reunion of Russell Westbrook with Scotty Brooks. I mean, you don't want to read too much into, you know, coaching reunions and everything like that. Cause at the end of the day, it really does come down to the player and how they perform on the court uh, more so than their preexisting relationship with front office, et cetera. Um, but that definitely goes a long way. And for a guy who, at, who has the personality, the fiery personality that Russell Westbrook does having a guy who's familiar with what he needs, what he's comfortable with and what he's not um, already in the locker room, already creating the culture for that franchise. I definitely think it's going to pay dividends for them. So, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think Washington, um, I think Washington is a little bit better suited with what they currently have on their roster um, than Houston for for a number of reasons. Um, and we just kind of ran through them all right there. Uh, so as we kind of, you know, move on from the 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 trade that has been done, we can kind of get into the speculation game, which I know is our listeners' favorite part of not only fantasy basketball but NBA basketball. And just basketball in general, you know, you, we, we love to wonder and and think and ponder and play the who's who of where is this superstar going to go. And right now the game is being played with James Harden, and it looks like James Harden is playing chess while the Rockets are playing checkers. Um, they were expecting him to show up to training camp. Um, he has been a no-show. Steven Silas came on, um, did his interviews over Zoom saying that they expected James Harden to show up for his individual workout on Sunday. Guess who was not at his individual workout on Sunday? That's correct. James Harden. Um, Houston really has a problem right now. They are looking in, I mean, they are looking in every which direction and hoping that James Harden walks through that door. And to this point, he has not. I mean, he's been walking through doors. He's been walking through strip club doors. He's been walking through nightclub doors. Uh, clearly, we saw him with the baby, as Brad mentioned, you know, dropped off that Prada bag because he's proud of him uh, with a couple racks and a bunch of honey buns. But not a lot of fun for the Houston Rockets. And right now, it's very unfortunate for Steven Silas, you know, first time head coach, brand new situation talking all summer long about how we are prepared to be uncomfortable. Well, it looks like James Harden heard that and decided to see how uncomfortable the Houston Rockets are willing to let this get. Uh, this is a potentially a Le'Veon Bell type of situation. We have never, we have never had a, a player potentially, 
I mean, do we think James Harden is going to sit out? I, I mean, he'll be he will be subject to possible suspensions, fines. Unlike the NFL, I mean, if you don't play, you do not get paid. So th- this is really unprecedented waters. And I mean, we know this is a players' league. We have seen the the power dynamic shift from the front office say so to the power of the player and the player empowerment era. Um, typically when a guy says they want to go someplace, the team pretty much is between a rock and a hard place. And at the end of the day, they end up waving that magic wand and sending that guy to the destination of his choosing right now. I mean, from what, from what all the league chatter is saying, the, the trade conversations between his two target destinations, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, those conversations have not truly materialized or progressed in, in any kind of notable way um but those are the two teams on his list and houston is not even on the list right now which if, if you're the houston rockets if you're Tillman fertita if you're if you're rafael stone if you're steam styles this is this is defcon four right now you you have to you have to figure out what you're going to do because what you don't want is to get closer and closer to the opening of the nba season and you still have complete uncertainty about where your superstar is his commitment to your franchise and what your next steps are going to be because there's no way you can begin the season with that kind of question mark looming um, and, and have any kind of modicum of, of organization uh, truly, because th- th- that's just such a disruptive situation. Not to mention, as you guys, you know, touched on all the new faces that Houston has brought in Christian Wood, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, front office, et cetera, et cetera. So long story short, Houston has got a problem. We're going to open it up, Brad. I'm going to pass it to you first. If you are, if you, if you're the Houston Rockets, are you, are you currently looking at the situation and thinking, let's just try to start the season, work our way down the line. And if it comes to a head where we have no choice, then we will trade him, but it's going to be our choice. Or are you a first time head coach? Are you a first time front office? And you, at this point, are just trying to get the best possible package that you can for the generational asset that you have in James Harden. Where do you think that the Houston Rockets should be game planning right now? What what would kind of be your strategy? Well, you want to get the best possible value from him, and they put their demands out there, first round, uh, all-star talent, some draft picks and whatnot. And it's a very steep price to pay, especially when you're looking at the two destinations in which uh, Harden expressed that he wants to be. And I don't know if they have the cachet, per se, to provide that for the Houston Rockets going forward. And they said that, you know, they said the worst thing they could have said was that they were prepared to be uncomfortable. And you're absolutely right. James Harden is going to test that water because it, no matter if it's fine, suspicious, whatever, he has Adidas money to fall back on. He's, he's not going to be hurting for no money. If you're able to buy a grown a man, I don't want to use uh, any expertise on this program, but if you, if you're able to buy another grown man and little baby, a Prada bag, that costs several racks, a Rich Millie plane watch, which costs several racks, you're obviously not hurting for money. And you're, he's known to visit the local um, booty club establishments from time to time. And <laughs> he's obviously not hurting for money. So what you don't want to do when you have a new coach, when you have a new, relatively new front office, especially a new GM, you want the people who are in the building to want to be there. That's how you get started off on the right foot, and that's how you truly cultivate a young coach, which 
Obviously, this is more of a player's league now with the player empowerment movements, which I love because the players are the face of the league. But it does do a disservice to coaches at time and makes them more expendable. And this is a tough situation if you're Steven Silas to be in your first year when you think that you're coming into a situation where you're going to have two All-NBA players there and you trade one and flip it, flip it for another one who once upon a time was an All-NBA all NBA player and you get Boogie who was an all NBA player at the time, but they're all, they're both coming off injuries. You don't know what you're going to get with them, even though they both relatively from what we've heard from reports, they sound and look good. And that's great. That's great news. And you bring in Christian Wood, who is, who has a really high, uh, really high potential. And I just think at this point, you might need to look within and th- say, Hey, the season's about to start soon, sooner rather than later. It's not like it's an elongated training camp. It's a long off season where you can have ample amount of time to sit, ponder, chew on it, then make a trade when it's convenient for you. At this point, you're at crunch time. Training camps have started. The COVID testing have been done for a lot of teams around the league. Practices are beginning. And I know for the Hawks, their first preseason game is uh, this weekend. This weekend. So, it's, it's not a – I mean, you don't want a situation where – especially – I mean, he's already going to be fine for the national televised games that the Rockets will have uh, for sitting out. Like, we already know that. But I already said he's not hurting for money. So he's in a position of power here. It's not the organization. James Harden already put it out there. He doesn't want to be there. And for them to just kind of just sit on him. It's only going to further hurt this franchise from taking the next step forward because it's obviously you're going to you're going to they're going to set back. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And they're going to have to rebuild and you have to take steps forward with the new coach. Nurture him, put the right pieces around him, the right staff, which he's, he's worked on this off short and off season, and you got to move forward. And if you can't do that with James Harden, then you have to let him go. They're just, you know, making themselves look like donkeys at this point. Like, like that, that's that's just what what it is. Just stubborn uh, on both end, both ends. And like I said, James Harden made it known what he wants to happen, and Houston's gonna have to figure out how to work with a team, preferably in the Eastern Conference, so you don't have to play James Harden multiple times in the year. Well, less than, at least two times maximum. Two times maximum you'll play James Harden if he's in the Eastern Conference. So that's something they're going to have to work it, work in You know themselves. They're going to have to have a come to Jesus meeting with management and say, hey, maybe we need to rework this because we really need to kind of move this so we can at least get some pieces in right now while training camp is still here, while you still have preseason games to work on some chemistries and use the early part of the regular season to work out continuity and whatnot and make John Wall the face of the franchise at this point going forward. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to make some kind of move here. It, it, it is definitely a situation where it's time to cook or get out the kitchen, you know, and unfortunately for Houston, it looks like James Harden was their secret recipe and he is looking for a different chef. He has lost all confidence in not only the front office, um, but for the first time in James Harden's career in Houston, he has not handpicked and engineered the roster around him. 
I mean, truthfully, he is one of those few players in NBA history who has been given just just unprecedented deference when it comes to building that roster because of how unique his game is. And for better or for worse, you know, there's been a lot of commentary about Houston's strategies to do so. And it comes to a point where if you're if if everything you have been doing is about to walk out the door or no longer desires to be on your roster, then you have to figure out what you are doing going forward. You, you, you have to. You have to. And, you know, Brad, you mentioned, um, you know, how James Harden's been kind of moving all around, moving all about these spaces. Well, you know, yeah, in regards to coronavirus protocol right now, all those guys are supposed to be limiting exposure. They're supposed to be going nowhere except for the grocery store and training camp. And clearly James Harden has been going everywhere and then some more. OK, so it, he, he is like you said, he, he has money from other avenues. He is not hurting and he is going to really hold them to the fire and make them. I think bend to his will if possible. And if you're Houston, this is a bad set of circumstances for you for two reasons, in my opinion. First reason is obviously this is a very, very public divorce that is basically playing out on the big NBA stage as you are approaching a very important season for your franchise, for the future of your franchise. Um, you, you really, this is very uncomfortable for you. And the second reason why this is so bad is because as a front office now, you are basically put in a position where you either have to bend to the will of your superstar talent or punish them, punish them. And you have to know what that will look like, how that will reflect and refract across the NBA to the rest of those guys who are superstars, who are top tier players, who are potential free agents. You have to understand how that will characterize your franchise as Houston to the rest of those guys. And it's going to become very, very unappealing. That is not a situation I think anybody wants to be in. And that's why I'm very confused why Houston is acting like they can just wait for this to play out. Because truthfully, in my opinion, they cannot. So, Marcus, I definitely want to get some input from you on this. If if you're Houston, obviously, you know, you have that pre-existing relationship with Daryl Morey. Maybe that bridge is burnt. Maybe it hasn't. Obviously, you know, James Harden has a pre-existing relationship with Kevin Durant and has a strong desire to go to Brooklyn. Which team... Would you rather try to create some framework for a deal? Do you think Brooklyn's going to give you more a better package with, you know, potentially Levert, a Dinwiddie, an Allen, et cetera? Or are you more favoring the potential of, do you really think you get a Ben Simmons from Philadelphia? And if you think you get a Ben Simmons, you have to know that that's probably going to be all you're going to get. You're not going to get that treasure trove of first round picks that you really were wanting. So, Marcus, in your opinion, which which team do you think makes a little bit more sense? A Brooklyn with a treasure trove of assets or a Philadelphia if you could potentially get a Ben Simmons, a big name like that? Yeah, so I mean I mean it goes without saying, but obviously this is not a great start of things, you know, between, you know, Silas who just took the head coaching job in Houston and I mean his superstar player, James Harden, right? I mean, and no one's seen this coming, right? A few things missed and workouts here get there. He's still not there. And then now there's just a lot of speculation. And it's not very encouraging when Silas himself says he just doesn't, you know, there's no timetable. He really doesn't know. That obviously shows that things have not been repaired despite the moves that they've made in the offseason and just trying to get what talent they could, right? And Boogie and Christian Wood. And, you know, other than trading Covington, and losing, you know, Austin Rivers, they maintain, you know, their core for the most part. So it's obvious James Harden wants to win a championship. They're working with what they have, you know, and getting John Wall, who, you know, he's coming off to 
ACL tears. He's older, but you know, he's a very talented player. One of the best point guards, you know, at one time. So there's still promise there. And, you know, James Harden, you know, he's just unfazed, right? He's just out. He's doing him. He's living life. And he's obviously in no rush to get to Houston and report for training camp. So with all of that said, um, I mean, I think both teams would obviously throw the kitchen sink to get James Harden. I mean, what team wouldn't, right? But I think it goes without saying Brooklyn is in a better position to do so. I mean, we've seen that once they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, there were so many different reports of potential players, one including Bradley Bill, who they could try to trade for with this godfather package, right? And there were the different reports of like what player would be um, worthy enough to trade that package with Levert, with Dinwiddie, with Jared Allen, and just a treasure trove of picks, as you said, David. And obviously Brooklyn has that, right? And if you even throw Joe Harris and those guys in the mix, I mean, they have so much um, so much um, in assets that they can actually deal. And if you look at Houston, right, we've seen it with players like Kawhi Leonard, and we've seen it with these guys where when they want out and they're unhappy in their situation, it's either you trade them and you can get pennies on a dollar or the most value you can, or they walk and you get nothing, right? And this isn't really looking good. Like, I mean, guys, we all said it. James Harden, he has so much money and endorsement, right? He's a big name. He doesn't have to play just to get his money and feel like the organization has the better of him. I feel like he is kind of in a he he's in a position where the ball's in his court. And then we all know um, the um, basically how unhappy he's been with the owner and just his attitudes and everything going on with, I mean, this social climate and his views, you know, for Trump and different things like that. James Harden, I mean, was vocal and obviously very displeased with that. So, I mean, this could be his way of really taking a stand and trying to say, look, I said, I don't want to play here. I said, I don't want to play for this organization. And I will, you know, if it comes down to it, pull a lady on bail. Maybe I'll sit out, you know, maybe I spend my spare time in Magic City until you give me what I want. So, I mean, I definitely think that's Brooklyn. You got some good young talent. I mean, you still got Laverta, I think, under the right situation. He could still become an all-star. You, you know, he and Joe Harris only getting better. Jared Allen, a great young big. And if you could get just a number of picks and all you give is James Harden, you got to take what you can while the getting's good. I mean, because as the chemistry worsens and, you know, you got a new head coach in Silas, the last thing you want to do is just not put any effort in to secure James Harden. But as this situation worsens, it just negatively affects the whole team. And this could just really spiral out of control. So like you guys said, you got to make a decision. You got to make it soon. Looks like it's Philadelphia and Brooklyn, you know, and as I uh, said before, I think Brooklyn has that godfather package. They can, you know, give the picks as well. I mean, that would be very valuable for Houston. And we've seen, you know, in past times with, where, you know, teams gave up so much to get certain players and the receiving team actually made it out okay with the picks and the assets you get from those trades. So if that's what it comes down to, you just got to look f- forward, prepare for the future, take what you can and just try to be competitive. So who knows? Maybe after losing a GM and and coach and then having a new one come in, you know, and, you know, your third team All-NBA superstar Russell Westbrook, maybe it's just time to let Harden go too. So, hey, Brad, um, you know, same question goes for you. I pass it over. 
and see, you know, what you think about who would be the best suitor for uh, James Harden. And I guess, you know, with Philadelphia, with Philadelphia and Brooklyn coming to mind, who do you think it won? I think it's Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn, they have some pieces to trade that could, I mean, it's not going to, you know, replace the value of losing James Harden, but if you can, you know, trade for Karis LeVert or, or Dinwiddie or Allen, as you've mentioned, in a package like that and maybe some future draft picks, it, I mean, like I said, you're not going to replace the production in which James Harden, you know, has given them in Houston with obviously MVPs and whatnot, but I mean, it's something. It's something, and you you put a proven score next to you know John Wall. You put another player, and like I said, in, in Dinwoody, uh, Lavert. Uh, you get a five in Allen. Uh, you have Wood. You have Boogie. That's a pretty decent looking roster, um, especially with some young players that you can still mold with some veteran presences. It's, it could be a de- it's, it could be a decent mesh, especially with the pieces that are already in place in Houston. So I'm going to say Brooklyn. And uh, before I you know pass it back to David, uh, it, I just want to put this out there. I feel like I know that uh, James Harden hangs out with Lil, uh, Lil Baby a lot, obviously, but I feel like. He hangs out with the future a lot. I think he, I could just see him being in a situation where he's looking in the mirror with the sunglasses on, with the famous future meme, looking at us. I'm not toxic. Houston, you're toxic. Uh, and just saying that I'm not the problem. You're the problem. You know what? My mom was right about you. I should have never came to Houston. And all those uh, wonderful memes there. So I just feel like he's been hanging out with, with future a lot. And I would just love to, to see a picture of him sitting in a, in a strip club with sunglasses on. No emotion on his face, just sitting there, just like just waiting it out, just waiting it out. You know, just hunker down in Magic City, whatever um, your uh, gentleman club of choice is. Uh, eat some hot wings, have a drink, beverage of choice, and just sit and wait this out uh, because your, your time will is coming. You'll leave Houston soon. Uh, like I said, you're not toxic; they're toxic. <laughs> well, we know James Harden definitely has an affinity for the NBA. Uh, for the NBA rap connection, um, because we see him constantly in an entourage of very notable performers and artists. So I definitely think that uh, that that monster mentality uh, definitely makes a little sense there, Brad, because very clearly James Harden has drawn his line in the sand. Um, and I mean, when you can afford a private island, there's plenty of sand to draw a line in. So he, he, he he's going to wait it out. He's going to do whatever he thinks is going to be best for him. Um, and nine times out of 10, it seems like what's best for James Harden is often not necessarily best for the Houston Rockets. So that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, if he, if he does end up going to Brooklyn, which I think is just a little bit more feasible than Philadelphia. Personally, I, I don't think Daryl Morey is going to be in any kind of rush to get rid of Ben Simmons. Um, and I definitely don't think that Tillman Fertitta is all that crazy about potentially giving James Harden to Daryl Morey. Um, read into that, which you will, but for all the conversation about how, you know, Harden, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, how would it work? There's only one basketball that trade would break Twitter, et cetera. Uh, one, one trade that I have been hearing, you know, some whispers about, and this is, you know, in the, in the, the back hallways and the, the dark alleys of NBA Twitter um, about a potential swap James Harden for Kyrie Irving. Now I, I think that would definitely break the internet. Um, I think, I think Kyrie would probably fall off the edge of the flat earth he lives on if that were to happen. Uh, but, but I mean, personally, it would be it would be a pretty good situation for both franchises, in my opinion. If you're Brooklyn, you can get off of Kyrie, uh, which I think makes 
a lot of sense. Now, I guess the only caveat would be that it kind of seems like the unwritten rule that KD and Kyrie were kind of a, a package deal um, so that, uh, you know, again, read into that what you will. Um, the tea leaves fall where they may, you know, things change. Uh, Kevin Durant said he's going to leave those moves to the front office and Kyrie Irving has hired a PR person to basically be his mouthpiece for the NBA season. So who knows what that man is thinking, but really quick before we get out of here, I'll start with you, Brad, uh, a Kyrie, Kyrie Irving for James Harden swap. What's your opinion on that? If it happens, would Kyrie speak himself or would his spokesperson speak on it? (laughs) Um, you know, I think it just depends on where the lunar cycle is. Uh, I'm really not sure. I would have to check out Kyrie's horoscope to give you a more clear answer. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the stars are on the line for this. So, and I don't think the stars are on the line for this as well. Um, because I mean, when you think about that, when you make that trade, uh, how is John Wall and Kyrie ever going to play with each other, especially when they're both very ball dominant and they both play the same position. I just think that it just wouldn't make sense to make that trade. Uh, so I think it goes back to you, you trade James Harden, you try to get Karis LeVert, you try to get Dinwiddie, you try to get Allen, and maybe another future draft picks, and that's how you that's how you make it work. I don't know if it works money-wise. may have to do a trade exception in there to, you know, fill in, you know, the gaps, but I, 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 can't, I can't see. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't. I, I mean, I agree with you, Brad. I think that you would definitely have to. You'd have to do some pretty serious maneuvering to uh, to make that work. And you know, at the end of the day, if you're Brooklyn, you can get all three of those guys on a roster. If it works, you win a championship. If it doesn't, you got three incredible pieces that you could trade potentially. You could move off one of those guys, whether that's Harden or Kyrie, because clearly KD is not going anywhere. Uh, knock on wood, he comes back healthy from injury. So, Marcus, w- what do you think, Kyrie Irving? James Harden swap. You think that's that's crazy? That's cap. That's no cap. What do you think? Ah oh, man, I mean, you know, the thing that's crazy about that is, right? We we've just seen Kyrie. We've seen just the energy and the presence, more toxicity he's brought to teams, right? From wanting his Raptor, uh, his jersey in the Raptors in Boston, to now being in Brooklyn. And then, you know, first year saying we need these guys, but we don't need other teammates and just being on and off the court with injuries and then saying they don't really need a coach. Just so many things, you know, that come with Kyrie. I think it's actually good he has his own PR person, you know, because, you know, not having one has only just seemed to get him in more and more of a bind. So um, I think the thing that's would be kind of uh, inconvenient is you bring John Wall to fill the point guard role. That's kind of the clean swap between Russell and uh, Jay Wall. But then you bring Kyrie in and then you have two point guards in the backcourt. So I don't know how they really maneuver that one. I can't really see a John Wall or Kyrie not being in a starting position. So that would be a whole nother issue in itself. Right. So, I mean, you know, it would definitely break the Internet, like you said, David. But I don't know. I don't know what Houston gains from that. I don't see a situation where Houston feels like they can go ahead and trade James Harden and get Kyrie and just like, feel like they got all they could. I'd much rather take the Godfather package. I would leverage James Harden for all he's worth and get every little bit you can and not focus so much on Kyrie. I mean, cause the way I see it, you trade for Kyrie Irving, then you got Kyrie and John Wall and all that follows. And 
you know, that's just kind of a cluster. You trade Harden and put him on that team and they just throw the kitchen sink for him. You leave it to Brooklyn to figure all that mess out. But nonetheless, positionally, they do line up having a one, two and three, you know, so that's kind of my take on that. It, it, it definitely would be crazy, but I think it wouldn't do anything for Houston. I don't think that trade even would salvage anything. I think that would only make things more confusing and more reductive fire in Houston. Yeah, I agree with you, Marcus. And, you know, ultimately, I think it's going to come down to where Houston's kind of where Houston's. I guess what they're looking to invest in, you know, are they looking to invest in roster pieces to potentially build for the future around or are they trying to have the most competition ready team possible? And I mean, very few teams are going to pass on getting a name like Kyrie Irving. So if you're just looking again to do a swap, you're trying to do name for name. Obviously, there would probably be some additional pieces in there. We've heard some rumors about P.J. Tucker potentially being on the move to Brooklyn if James Harden does go there. Um, Obviously, him and KD have that University of Texas connection, so that would be very interesting. Um, So you would assume Brooklyn would be sending back some other pieces uh, regardless. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's definitely not the most natural fit, John Wall and Kyrie Irving. I mean, you can make the argument that Kyrie Irving could be, you know, an incredible two uh, with his playmaking and ball handling skills, not to mention, obviously, he's got the range uh, a little bit better than Brad Beal when it comes to playmaking. Um, so, you know, I mean, anything could happen. You know, the, the, the NBA is crazy, and I've definitely learned not to rule anything out because just as soon as you do, uh, that's when a team makes a move. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to watch. Um, it's going to be very, very fun. Uh, NBA offseason as we get closer and closer to the 22nd and get that ball rolling. Um, and then obviously we got the big Christmas day slate. So you're going to have lots of hoops, lots of information, a lot of action, uh, and a lot of rumors coming at you, uh, fast and furious over the next couple of weeks. So definitely make sure you're locked in. Uh, we're going to have everything, obviously at hoop network does an incredible job covering coast to coast coverage, uh, pretty much any and every team that you need to know about fantasy, regular NBA news or otherwise, we have a podcast, a production or a platform that you need. So definitely check us out. Hoop dash ball. Dot com. Well, guys, before I let everybody get out of here, uh, I definitely just want to say I appreciate both you hopping on the pod this evening. It's been a minute, but there was definitely a lot to discuss, and I think that we made it a pretty fun conversation. Uh, so before I let you guys go, I'm going to start with you, Mr. Marcus. Do you have anything coming up for the Hoop Ball Nation or otherwise? And tell the good people where they can find you at. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be dropping a little uh, segment called Inside the NBA. Um, I personally will be working um, – on just um, just you know pregame coverage, different matchups, what to look out for, and you know breaking it down, talking all of that NBA goodness, goodness as we also love to talk about. And I will be getting uh, these two fine gentlemen, my esteemed colleagues, on with me to help at every chance that I get. So look out for that through Hoop Ball. Other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Mark M A R C underscore Anthony thirty five. And on Instagram at Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N, Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to reactivate that NBA League Pass. It's time to get ready for the NBA. We got preseason rolling out this weekend. Pretty soon, the NBA will be in full effect, and I can't wait. I can't contain my excitement. But thank you as always, David. Until next time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You heard him. You heard the man. Definitely check him out inside the NBA coming at you very, very soon, coming to a podcast platform near you. So be sure to subscribe, download, 
like, rate, review, etc. Uh, and definitely give my boy Marcus a shout out on Twitter, on Instagram. Give him a follow. He's got some great content, so definitely check out what he's doing. Mr. Brad, I know you're still there. We appreciate you all the way from ATL making this podcast possible this evening. Let the people know what you got cooking down in the peach tree zone um, and let them know where they can find you on social media. A lot of cooking right now, a lot of cooking at the first preseason game for the Hawks. Takes place this Friday, so we'll be doing coverage leading up to that. And as there are a lot, there's a lot of things to sort out as far as lineups, rotations, minutes goes here in Atlanta with the added depth and the higher expectations for the Hawks this year. So tune in to Hoop Ball Hawks. We're putting out multiple episodes every week. It's going to be a fun ride, so please jo- join us for the ride. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Hawks. That is at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. Follow myself on Twitter as well at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. And like I said, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things on Hoop Ball. Um, I've told them many times on the Ty Dollar sign of Hoop Ball being featured on a lot of shows, including this one. So it's always a pleasure to top shop with you guys. And I'm excited for what's to come with this NBA season looming. Well, I guess that makes me the DJ Cal to Hoop Ball because we're back with another one and we're going to have plenty more coming at you as always, keeping it hot, keeping it fresh. Um, and, and, you know, we always keep it the very, very best. And you heard the man, J-A-R-R-E-T-T. He's got a great podcast for you and for me. So check him out. ATL, ATL everywhere, ATL, STL, wherever you're at. Check out his podcast, Hoop Ball Hawks, everything you need to know. The Atlanta Hawks are definitely on the come up and you're going to want to know everything that they're doing and everything they got cooking down in the ATL. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of your NBA box score breakdown. As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, DFB underscore three. Hit me up. Let me know what's cracking. We will be locked and loaded, as I said, with all your need to know info. So tune in for another episode coming at you very, very soon. Football family, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep hooping. We'll talk to y'all soon. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.